Well, we're in the middle of a series called The Original Christmas Playlist. And the heart behind this series is that there are four songs that are sung in Luke's chapters one and chapter two, where we get kind of the core of our Christmas gospel from. And so in these four songs sung by four different people, we get a lot of truth about who Jesus is, what he came to do, and what it means for us Today, So we've looked at a song that was sung by Zechariah at the beginning of Luke 1, and then last week, if you were here, we talked about the song that Mary sang when she found out that she was going to give birth to the Savior of the world in Luke chapter 1. And today, we're going to move on to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at a song that is sung by the angels to the shepherds as they were out in their fields. But before we get into that, did you know that there are over 530 different identified phobias? Did you know that? 530 or more, they're kind of gaining each day, different phobias that people have. So I picked a few of my favorite ones that I was kind of intrigued with. Here's one. We'll put it up on the screen. Arachibutyrophobia. That is the fear of having peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. If you, if you struggle with this, we're here for you. You know, we'd love to talk with you after the service. The next one, homophobia. Now, if you have this, um, it could be kind of a problem for the next 25 minutes because this is the fear of sermons. All right, if you have this, you could raise your hand right now and someone in a sapphire t-shirt will come and hold your hand for the next 25 minutes. The next one could probably um, be a problem during the holiday season. Pentherophobia is the fear of your mother-in-law. All right, if my mother-in-law is watching this, I do not have this phobia, right? The next one I think is my favorite, but it's also awfully cruel because I'm not gonna even try to say it, but this is the fear of long words. Isn't that cruel? Like if you had to describe it to someone and you have to say a long word to say you're afraid of a long, okay. Yeah, not good. The final one is phobophobia, and that's simply the fear of phobias, and I hope you haven't developed it already uh, during the message. There are a lot of different reasons, though, today why people might be afraid. A lot of different reasons to have fear in our world. You know, if you look around, there is violence all over the place. We have stories of shootings and terrorism, some of it happening in our own community, in our own state, and then, of course, all around the world. There's also fear that people have over the economy. You know, right now, the economy's great, but there's always somebody saying, well, there's a recession coming around the corner. And so a lot of times there's fear around finances and the economy. There's also just a lot of uncertainty about everything. We might have uncertainty about our relationships and uncertainty about our children, uncertainty about our job or just the general future. There's a lot of different reasons to have fear today. And I think if we were honest, we would all say that we struggle with at least a few different fears. Now, scientists tell us that fear is an emotion that every person on earth shares. It's a universal thing. In fact, when we're born, every single person has two fears in common. We're afraid of falling, and we're afraid of loud noises. So I don't know if you're like me and you've ever had a dream where you're falling and there's loud noises, but that explains why that's such a terrifying experience. 
But the thing is, as we grow up, we don't just typically keep those two fears. We develop maybe more complex, more in-depth fears. You know, things like the fear of rejection, the fear of loss, the fear of death, the fear of failure, the fear of the future. Well, in the Christmas story, there are actually quite a few stories about fear. When you start reading the Christmas story in Luke chapter one, you quickly come across Zechariah, who Pastor Jason told us about two weeks ago. And Zechariah, as he is visited by an angel, it says he is overwhelmed with fear. But can you blame him, right? If you have an angel show up in your living room, it's probably the natural reaction. He's overwhelmed with fear. Well, then Mary, the mother of Jesus, is also visited by the angel Gabriel. And she's described as being troubled and frightened. And again, of course, there's an angel in front of her. But the great thing is what the angels say to both Zechariah and to Mary. They say, don't be afraid. I mean, they know this is the natural reaction, but hey, you don't need to be afraid because something good is going to happen. Well, in our passage today, in Luke chapter 2, we get to focus in on the shepherds. The shepherds who are out in the fields, they're watching over their flocks. You know, the shepherds who are often nicely portrayed in paintings of the nativity scene, or maybe at home you have a couple shepherds that you put up on the mantle or on a table. But shepherds were some of the most despised people in the first century. They were looked down upon by almost everyone. They were complete outcasts, and no one wanted to be around them at all. They had no social status. They had no influence at all. You know, today, sometimes people use the phrase that someone swears like a sailor. Well, 2,000 years ago, the phrase that people used oftentimes was when someone lies like a shepherd. Shepherds were seen to be as completely dishonest. In fact, so much so that they were banned from ever giving testimony in a court trial. Shepherds were despised. Shepherds were the outcast. If you were in town with your kids and you saw some shepherds come by, you would try to direct them away. You didn't want them anywhere near them. And so I think that makes it even that much more amazing that the angels decided to go visit this crew on that Christmas night. That the angels came with a very specific message for all of us, but it was first delivered to these shepherds. And so as the shepherds tended their flocks, Suddenly, it was like there was a 4th of July fireworks display in the sky. Everything had lit up. Now, you've got to remember, they're in the desert. So there's nowhere to hide. There's no trees to go duck under. They're out in the open. And they are absolutely mortified. You know, they've never seen a 3D movie. They've never seen special effects before. They've never seen an LED wall before. And suddenly everything is going nuts. They are scared to death. Look at verse 9 from Luke chapter 2. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, what I want you to notice 
in that verse is that there is a connection between God's glory and our fears, right? There is a connection between God's glory and our fears. And the reason for that is because of the reality of sin. You know, the Bible makes it clear in Romans chapter three that all of us have sinned and that means we fall short of what? We fall short of God's glory. There is a connection between God's glory and our fears. Because we were created to live in and to radiate God's glory, to live in a perfect relationship with him. But when sin entered the picture, it completely broke that relationship. Human beings and the rest of creation no longer reflect God's glory. I mean, we can't even stand to be in his holy presence the way that we are, broken and sinful. We see this again and again in the Old Testament when people come near to God and they can't even look at his face. They can't stand to be near his glory. We're separated from the people that God created us to be and we are separated from God himself because of our sin. Remember in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and they ate the forbidden fruit and sin was entered into the equation, what did they do next after eating the fruit? Well, they went and tried to hide from God, right? They wanted to get as far away from him as possible. They didn't want to be confronted for their disobedience. And every day God would come and take a walk in the garden and so they decided to go hide in the brush. Their fear is what maintained the separation and the distance between them and God. And I think every one of us here can relate to it. I mean, think back to when you were a child and a time that you did something you weren't supposed to do, you didn't want your parents to find out. What did you try to do? Probably tried to hide, right? You didn't want to be anywhere near their presence. And you're fearful of being found out, fearful of being held accountable, fearful of being disciplined. I mean, I remember numerous times when we would come up to our kids' rooms and we kind of duck in there and and you could tell something had happened and you ask the question, what's going on? And of course, the answer is nothing, nothing to see here. Don't look behind the bed. Don't look over here. See, every one of us tries to hide when it comes to our sin and our brokenness. And that separates us from God And his glory. Now, the fears that we experience every day are really because of the separation that sin creates. I mean, think about it this way when we fear being alone, it's because we are experiencing a separation from the promise that God has made that he will never leave us or forsake us. When we fear death, We're experiencing a separation from God's promise that Jesus has defeated death and that in him we have the promise of eternal life. When we fear not being able to make ends meet, we're experiencing a separation from God's promise that he will provide all that we need. When we feel hopeless or we feel in despair, 
or we feel defeated. We're experiencing a separation from God's promise that he will overcome and that he is victorious. You know, if there were no sin, there would be no reason to fear at all. If there was no sin, there would be no reason to be afraid because we would no longer be separated from God and we would no longer be separated from his glory. We'd be perfectly connected to him. He's our creator, our sustainer, and our provider. But the good news, church, is that God doesn't want us to go through life full of fear. God, in his mercy and his grace, he decided to break through all of our fears. He decided to heal our brokenness, and he decided to overcome our sin by sending his son Jesus into the world. Jesus came to overcome our fears. Jesus came to overcome our fears. So as the shepherds were in the fields and they are shocked and they're frozen in fear, they're overcome by all the lights and the glory and the sounds. It says the glory of the Lord shone around them. They're experiencing God's unfiltered presence. It's something they had never experienced before, but it's where they were intended to be. And it's where we are intended to be. Well, the angel says to them, do not be afraid for I bring to you good news of great joy, which shall be for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. You see, the angel is announcing the final perfect solution for all of our sin and brokenness. And it's the coming of Jesus. And at that moment, everything explodes into the most beautiful of songs and there is a whole choir of angels singing. Now remember just back in Luke chapter one when one angel showed up to Zechariah and one angel showed up to Mary, they were terrified. Now we have a company of angels, which means it's more than they can count. You can imagine how spectacular and how terrifying it was. But here is the song that they sang and it's just one verse, but there's so much promise and so much power within this short song. They sing, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Jesus came to overcome all of our fears. Jesus came to change everything and he brought with him joy and peace, forgiveness, new life, by dying on the cross and rising again, he paid the penalty for our sins and was victorious over death. And he offers us these incredible promises. And what this means is that Jesus came to end our separation from God, which is the very source of every single one of our fears. Paul tells us in Romans chapter five, 
that because of Jesus, we finally have peace with God. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Look at what he ends with. He says, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So every single one of us gathered here with all of our fears and our anxieties and our worries, every single one of us is invited to go with the shepherds, to go once again to Bethlehem to meet Jesus. Jesus who came to conquer every fear. Jesus who came to save us from our sins so that we are no longer separated from God. Jesus who came to be with us in this broken world, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. And there's a story of a little boy who woke up one night during a storm and he was so scared. It was a loud thunderstorm. And so he yelled out for his dad. He yelled down the hall, Daddy, I'm scared. The storm is way too loud. Well, his dad woke up and he was kind of groggy and he didn't want to get out of bed. So he yelled back. He said, son, it's going to be okay. God loves you and he's going to take care of you. And his son was quiet for a little bit. And then finally he yelled back and he said, dad, I know God loves me, but right now I really need someone with skin on. You see, God knew exactly what you and I need. He knew what to do to comfort us amidst our fears. He knew we needed someone with skin on who makes it possible to relate to, someone who can reveal to us the glory of God, someone who's approachable, who understands, someone who can give us grace and peace. And so throughout his whole ministry, Jesus was all about giving people grace and peace. You know, he continually spoke of this peace when he met people and he'd tell them, do not be afraid. And then on Good Friday, as he hung on the cross to be executed, and as he died for our sins, as he was victorious over death, his very best friends in the world, his disciples, they ran away in fear. And they huddled up in an upper room and they didn't know what was gonna happen next. They were so afraid. Well, then on Easter, Jesus rose again and he appeared to them in that upper room. And when he came into their presence, he had these key words. He said, peace be with you. He didn't say, nice friends you guys turned out to be. Or where were you? No, he knew exactly what they needed to hear. He knew how to overcome their fears. He said, peace be with you. And you know what? That's his message for you and for me today. Don't be afraid. Peace be with you. And listen to that song of the angels again because it's still true today. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now you might say, that all sounds great, 
But I still struggle with fear, with worry, with anxiety. Well, first thing, let your fears point you back to Jesus. Always let your fears point you back to Jesus. Because our fears have the ability to push us in all sorts of different directions. Sometimes they cause us to run away. Sometimes they cause us to hide. Sometimes they cause us to cower. Sometimes they cause us to go into denial. Let your fears point you back to Jesus. You know, there are a lot of products and books and politicians and speakers and ideologies that all claim they can give us peace. But listen to what Jesus says in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And here's a key part. He says, I do not give to you as the world gives. Right? He's not just another televangelist. He's not just another self-help author. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is the only one who can take away our sins and bring us lasting peace with God. And that is the only peace that will truly satisfy and fulfill and last forever. Let your fears point you to Jesus. And then secondly, once we let our fears point us to Christ, let faith kick fear out. When we come to Christ, we know that all of our fears and anxieties aren't just instantly taken away. It's a daily battle. But we're simply asked to have faith in him that he'll bring us through no matter what. Psalm 56.3 says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Whenever I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. You know, we can let our fears cause us to panic or scramble or be paralyzed or become overwhelmed. Or we can trust that God will bring us through whatever our fears are and that he's gonna bring us to a peaceful place in him. Through believing his promises, we can let faith kick fear out and then allow that faith to come and fill us up. See, God sent Jesus to overcome your fears and to give you lasting peace. And I love the Christmas carol, A Little Town of Bethlehem. It has this line that's so profound. It says, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and the fears of all the years, those things that keep us up at night, those things that we can't stop thinking about, those things that make us feel fearful and afraid, all of those things are wrapped up in the coming of Jesus. He's fully aware of every single one of your fears. He understands everything you're going through every day of your life. He came to conquer our fear and to do away with sin and to bring us real peace. So let your fears point you to Jesus and then let your faith kick fear out. Now the beauty of God's peace is that it isn't just meant to be an individual thing. This peace forms a community of people 
who've received God's peace and who can share that peace with other people. You see, as the body of Christ, we are called to go and be Jesus with skin on to other people, to go and declare God's peace wherever we go. We can go to people in conflict and share God's peace. We can go to a family that's been split by divorce and share God's peace. Or go to the family that's been separated by death and share God's peace. To go to people who are overwhelmed by their fears and to declare God's peace. People who are overwhelmed with loneliness and declare God's peace. See, God sent Jesus and he gave his life so that he could bring us peace and healing. In Isaiah 53, there's a prophecy about the coming Messiah. And we're told that his punishment would bring us peace and that by his wounds, we would be healed. We are healed and then sent out to be ambassadors of his peace. What would it look like during this Christmas season for you to be an ambassador of peace? in your neighborhood, in your community, maybe in your workplace, at your school, wherever God calls you to go, what would it look like for you to be an ambassador of peace, sharing that with others? It would mean not being ruled by fear, but mean sharing God's love, his grace, and his mercy everywhere we go. Now imagine if as a church, we would lead the way with God's peace and grace, where we would be known as people who bring peace into every situation. In closing, there was a man who was cleaning up all the Christmas decorations at the end of the season. He was carrying box after box up to his attic. He came down out of the attic to come and get another box, and he commented to his wife. He said, have you packed up the manger from the nativity scene yet? I haven't seen it. She answered, I think we'll leave it out this year. Sometimes the world and our lives seem out of control and Christmas seems so very far away. And when it does, we can look up at the mantle and we can remember that God is with us and that he will make good on his promise of peace. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you are a God of peace, that you've come through your son Jesus to overcome every one of our fears, to pay the penalty for our sin so that we are no longer separated from you. God, help us to claim your promises. Let our fears point us to you and help our faith to kick all of our fears out. And then God, use us during this Christmas season and beyond to be your ambassadors of peace wherever we go. God, help us to declare your peace over every situation, every conflict, every division. God, help us to shine our light brightly for you. And God, we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.